0: And hi, and welcome to this week's episode and call of Planet Positive. I'm Julian Guderlei. As you all know, Planet Positive is a global think tank, a venture capital advisory, and accelerator, serving to address humanity's most pressing needs and its symbiotic existence with nature. We, every week, feature committed visionaries to planetary progress. And so, Peter, I'll let you say another word or two. Peter is the founder of Planet Positive. Thanks for being here with us.
1: Uh, Yeah, thank you for the kind introduction, Julian. And uh, we have a a global team of amazing people that are passionately committed to um, solving our greatest challenges and um, doing amazing things to help humanity thrive in harmony with the planet. So, um, yeah, just we're here to support those efforts, um, whether it's fundraising or consulting, um, you know, helping the companies grow and, and thrive. Uh, you know, we're just really blessed to have a great group to to be able to do that for people and, uh, and uh, Yeah, without that I'll let, I'll let you uh, continue with the uh, with the interview our first uh, presenter thank,
0: thank you, Peter. Thank you. Yeah, um, so this week's gathering features healthcare solutions to maximize health span and treat diseases such as COVID-19 that I think everyone has talked about and heard about a lot cancer Parkinson's and heart failure Dr. Beth McDougall here, and we'll start with Dr. Beth McDougall, and she is the Chief Medical Officer for Resonant Technologies, that's RTG, that's uh, Mark Hines, who's also on the call, and um, specifically we'll go into the portfolio members Divina, Sonify, Sourcewave, and Aeon, the technologies behind them, and the diagnostics and resonance physics that they're based on. So with these words, welcome Dr. Beth McDougall.
2: Thank you so much for having me so i've been in clinical practice in the bay area for the last 22 years i studied internal medicine but i started right out of the gate in an integrative medicine practice and then started a interdisciplinary integrative medical clinic in mill valley 17 and a half 18 years ago and about 12 years ago or so i got progressively more and more into studying the physics of the new thinking in physics in physics of the unified field and uh dove very deeply into biophysics started studying energetic technologies for diagnostics energetic technologies that were therapeutic and uh through a circuitous route i was able to meet mark hines in kind of early 2016. and at that time this was pre-rtg formation At that time mark had just recovered from a life-threatening illness he uh had i asked his permission he said it's fine to share the story so he had been diagnosed with aplastic anemia which is complete destruction of the bone the stem cells in the bone marrow that make red blood cells and uh, it was recommended to him that he have a bone marrow transplant and he didn't want to do that and then be on lifelong immunosuppressants and so He went around the world trying to find different therapies to help himself. And he'd already acquired the rights to an intellectual property of what has now become the company Immunocore. But at that time, it was called, well, he was just formulating a company called Davina Biotech. And he was able to to jump through multiple regulatory hoops to get pre-made product I was in deep freeze in Germany, out of, out of Munich, and into Mexico. He was unable to get into the United States at that time. Got it into Mexico, went down there, used the product, and his bone marrow grew back. So it literally saved his life. And I met him shortly after that. So he had re, you know, recovered, and uh, you know, I got very intrigued by that process. Usually um, aplastic anemia is autoimmune, in nature, once in a while, it's caused by an infection. Sometimes it's caused by a toxic insult to the bone marrow, but um, I think because the product worked for him, it was one of those first two possibilities. So I got very interested in the product. And so then in 2016, later in the 2016, he uh, and his partner started working with a, a really good scientist, immunologist, microbiologist, molecular biologist at the University of Nevada, Reno, named Ken Hunter. And so Ken Hunter analyzed the product and and then began to do some research with it and to try to articulate exactly what was happening when someone used this product in the immune system. And so I got involved at that point because the, the, the business team needed kind of a scientific translator, so to speak. And so I would go back and forth to Reno, and meet with Ken Hunter, and kind of get the latest on what he was doing in terms of in vitro research and then and then basically translate that science to the team and then that kind of morphed into me also getting involved in Sonify and getting involved in the patch company and a variety of other things and so when RTG was formed, then I became the chief medical officer of RTg and Divina now is called Immunocore and it has progressed to an extraordinary degree so we've really made some profound discoveries about it and um, just kind of plowed along and we're on a really interesting trajectory right now so one of some of the research that we've done in Reno has has demonstrated and by the way you know this this product I should back up and say is based on very very good German research you know beginning all the way dating all the way back to about 1994 there was an extraordinary amount of research done in animals and then there was some research done in humans it's been used in about 1500 or more humans and has an incredibly high safety rating and so what we are doing now is just now with today's equipment you know really, really characterizing what it's doing. So what Ken Hunter has has proven in the in in vitro studies is that this product has the ability to upregulate the production of very important immune mediators that orchestrate innate immune response. So the product's been shown to increase interferon expression in, in macrophages and circulating plasma cytoid dendritic cells between eight and 12 times. And interferons are very critical for the immune system. So for example, when a person gets a, a typical virus and the virus enters the body and it infects a cell, the first thing that that cell does is, is start transcribing genes to upregulate the production of intracellular interferon the is then released from that newly infected cell and sounds an alarm to neighboring cells there's receptors for interferon and in the neighboring cells the interferon binds there and it's and it starts to to orchestrate and kind of induce an, um, an antiviral immune state in the neighbors there's also like a Effect where the interferon comes back to the cell that released it, binds to that, and puts that infected cell in an antiviral state so it has a better chance to fight the virus. So flash forward now to COVID. COVID's a really interesting application for this product because of some very important reasons. One of COVID's or the SARS-CoV-2 virus survival strategies, you know, it's evolved to have this ability to kind of subvert our natural immune mechanisms because the RNA virus contains a a very small protein that will, will codes for a protein that will block intracellular interferon production. And so the, the cell that gets infected can't initiate its own antiviral immune mechanisms and it can't release, can't sound the alarm to the neighbors basically. So what our product does, which was, was originally developed in Germany, and it's two completely inactivated animal viruses. So basically it's the outside envelope of the virus with the proteins on the outside that will induce an immune response in the human. So what our product does is it if, you, if you're infected with COVID and you take this product, then the immune system thinks, oh, now I'm fighting a different threat. And the product will upregulate the production of interferons. It gets taken up by circulating macrophages and circulating other types of circulating immune cells, revs up the interferon production, and that then binds to the cells that are yet to be infected and puts them in an antiviral state. And then the, the product also release it causes an upregulation of the expression of other types of intermediates that begin to orchestrate a coordinated immune response and it just upregulates antiviral immunity so we've currently been approved for a trial in Australia we've been working on the design for this trial since January of this year and and you know, working we're actually working with like the data farm people and the ethics committee there in Australia. Um, we've just selected the clinical site for that trial, and we'll have full sign off with the ethics committee in two weeks. And then we'll begin recruitment. and we'll actually have first in human in a clinical trial starting at the end of October. And within two weeks, mid November, we're gonna start getting an interesting data back from those healthy human volunteers. So this is a safety trial phase one, but it's so much more than a safety trial because we're gonna be drawing people's blood at various points and the blood that's coming back to the United States as well as being analyzed in Australia is going to further articulate what is happening in the human immune system after using this product. And we're also, kind of looking at different dosing regimens and frequencies and how often this needs to be given to maintain a very, very enhanced antiviral state. We're also going to be taking some of the blood coming back from the treated individuals and sending it to a BSL-3 lab in the United States, and there's going to be ex vivo COVID testing done. So it's where the treated serum is put in a petri dish, and then COVID's added, and then we're we're seeing if you know, the cells can respond to the viral threat better than than cells that have not been treated. So that's that's very, very good information. So it's kind of starting to provide information on efficacy in a COVID model. And simultaneous with that, there's been a stroke of incredibly good fortune (laughs) for us. Like there's been so many in this company, it's really blessed company. Anyway, um, we were, there's a, epidemic of porcine diarrhea in the United States, probably a pandemic, it's in other countries too. And it's like a wasting disease in pigs that's viral mediated. So we were already in conversation with the University of Iowa, um, that vet research center, an ag research center to to use our product in animals for this porcine diarrhea study. And then COVID hit and so any non-COVID research had to be shut down. So the University of Iowa quickly developed two FDA-recognized animal models for COVID research where the results are applicable to to humans. Um, There's a Syrian hamster model and a mouse model. So when we had, since we had already been in conversations with them, we were the first product considered for for this animal trial. And, and then, you know, that also had to go through ethics community and everything. And then we got chosen. So it starts very soon. And uh, it's a two week trial. And, and we're also doing animal toxicology study through that trial. And so we are, are really kind of queuing up this fascinating COVID package of safe human safety data human ex vivo against COVID data, some early efficacy data of what's actually happening in the immune system, and then this animal COVID model. We are incredibly optimistic that our animal trial is going to have favorable results because this mechanism that the COVID virus has, as I mentioned, that it subverts the immune system's ability to mount to produce interferon and and initiate the the early stages of an innate immune response is not unique to COVID. It's actually been seen with herpes family viruses and with a couple other types of animal viruses and so the Germans had already studied this in an animal model with a particular virus that causes like a stomatitis in mice and they had like 100% resolution of the viral infection that caused the stomatitis in mice when they used our. they treated the mice with our product. So, needless to say, we feel because the, the mechanism is almost identical, we're gonna have like an incredible result here. So, um, then another good fortune stroke <laughs> happened in about um, kind of summer of 2019 i was uh just curious and talking about this with the the chief scientific officer at university of Nevada, Reno. i said huh i wonder the, the the trials in germany in humans had shown some benefit with cancer using this product and i said to him hmm i wonder if, if someone has an immune cancer if it would be beneficial or would it be detrimental because this enhances your immune system so would it just make the immune cancer worse? Like, you know, what if someone had a leukemia or someone had a, you know, lymphoma or something, would it just actually upregulate that? So he started to do some research on that. He was curious as well. And through a set of fortuitous circumstances, we discovered that this virus, when used in a live form, because prior to now, this is all the product that had been used in Germany and that we were studying, you know, using in our in vitro studies, was a killed viral product. So it was more of like an antigen product. Um, so, so we just just through a set of circumstances, we discovered that when used as a live virus, this is a very powerful oncolytic. And what that means is viruses have a predilection for infecting cancer cells over healthy human cells. And actually, no one knows exactly why, but there's a lot of theories about why that is. You know, cancer cells are rapidly dividing, so they have the kind of the, the division machinery kind of all revved up in an active form, and viruses need to hijack that machinery for their own replication. So that's one possible reason. It's also possible there's some extra receptors on the outside of a cancer cell that healthy cells don't have. I also think the cell membrane potential from a biophysics perspective is a little different in a cancer cell, kind of less of a kind of protective force field around the cell than a healthy cell. Anyway, regardless, the the virus will preferentially infect cancer cells over healthy human cells. And so we have studied uh, four human tumor cell lines thus far um, and had 100% killing of the tumor cell line within 48 hours. And then Dr. Hunter had a really interesting thought. He said, what if there wasn't 100% killing in a particular tumor cell line? Would I be able to adapt that, that virus to treat that tumor? And he developed this, we're gonna patent this process of, of adaptation and sure enough, it's working. So we tried it first in a human squamous cell carcinoma of the tongue. And you know at first it didn't kill much of any of those cells, but after uh, about a couple of weeks of this proprietary process, now we're killing 100% of that, that cell line. So this is opening up a really interesting uh, intellectual property opportunity. We've already been uh, filing some some provisionals on this. Um, We've got like a parent patent uh, in the works and there's going to be uh, multiple daughter patents coming out of this because every time we adapt the virus to treating a particular tumor cell line, that's a separate virus, it becomes a new virus. So we're really just excited about this. This field of oncolytics is kind of exploding around the world. Um, for example, there's just been multiple acquisitions and, and licensing deals based on even preclinical research in this space. Um, kind of all the big pharma people are racing to find their own oncolytic. But usually things, an oncolytic is approved for one particular application. You know, For example, Amgen just did a deal with a, um, where they acquired uh, a, a company that had done research preclinical on uh, herpes virus for treating melanoma. And it was a $425 million deal that they did with them. And uh, you know, it's interesting because the average cancer patient is immunocompromised. They've usually been pre-treated with chemo Radiation, things like that—they're they're in a weakened state. And in this trial uh, for the, the 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 herpes family virus that got approved for treating melanoma, some of the cancer patients died of herpes encephalitis, and so it was still approved. <laughs> and so what we feel is is our virus is so far superior to that for multiple reasons, multiple reasons. So one of the the interesting things about this product that we couldn't understand initially that is turning out to be incredibly beneficial for us today is that um, Anton Mayer, one of the the, the initial scientists that did the bulk of the research on this in Germany, um, and he was actually a co-developer of the smallpox vaccine Anyway, he, he attenuated the viruses that are in the product that he eventually killed and just used as the viral antigens you know the envelope proteins to, to stimulate the immune system, but he attenuated these viruses like four hundred times, which is never been heard of before. you know if you look at some of the viral vaccines that are given to the world you know they're, they're attenuated four times. And what that means is that the the virus that, that can infect humans is grown in a different kind of animal tissue, and then a different type of animal tissue, and then a different type of animal tissue. And it's evolved away from being able to infect human beings. And so to do that 400 times is an extraordinary amount of work. And then they killed it in the end. And so we were wondering, like, why did they bother? Why did they do all that? Well, it turns out now that is, it is so beneficial to us that you know, there must have been some, some precognition that it would be necessary at one point, kind of post-mortem after his death, because he died in, in 2014. But anyway, so this highly attenuated virus that we're using does not like to infect human cells, which is interesting, but it has not slowed it down at all from infecting humor, human tumor cells. So we're what what we, it's a very interesting situation. So, so the idea is that if it were used in a, as a live virus in an immunocompromised cancer patient, it would be much less likely to cause a fulminant infection in that individual. There's another piece of good news, risk mitigation, is that this virus actually has a pharmaceutical that kills it. So if in a, you know, outside chance it caused that in a human uh, cancer patient that was treated with it, we do have a medicine to to kill the virus and, and treat them. So anyway, I think that we're less likely to see any deaths in, you know, a trial with humans here. There's one more reason that really makes this stand out as a superior, two more, superior oncolytic compared to anything else being studied out there. One is, is that... This virus does not, it's, it subverts the immune system's ability to mount a adaptive immune response or a specific immune response for, it's got various mechanisms that prevent the human from being able to make neutralizing antibodies against it. And uh, so what that means is that this therapy could be used multiple times without the human being able to make antibodies to neutralize the therapy and the idea is that it would be used multiple times because you'd be giving giving it to to somebody with cancer the the virus would go in infect the cancer cells replicate within the cancer cells literally burst the cell and then you'd have more virions going out to infect other cancer cells replicating within there, burst the cells etc and it's an exponential therapy, and then you would usually need to come back and do it again, and do it again, do it again, because you're going to have circulating tumor stem cells still that that you know may not have been killed the first time that could kind of set up shop again. So you're going to need to use the therapy repeatedly. Now, other viruses being looked at as oncolytic do not have the ability to do that. Uh, you know, the the human does not have the human conform antibodies against them and it would start to neutralize the therapy. It might work the first time, maybe a little less well the second time, maybe by the third time it would not work at all. And then the final reason that I think this stands alone as like the best possible oncolytic is that it has this ability to upregulate kind of the innate immune system much better than other viruses do. And so we, See an improvement in the immune system as well as a killing of cancer. So anyway, we're at a really unique point, and I'm, I'd like to um, share screen if that's okay with you guys. I just want to show you guys a few slides. Yeah. Um, just
0: in, in, in terms of timing, we have just a few more minutes before we also have to uh,
2: okay. um,
0: create space for for Christopher. But I'd also love to get some questions and answers because I think there's an amazing amount of information you just shared with us and i'm sure people are curious to ask questions so i'll let you share the screen
2: i can i can just take the questions if you only have time for that
0: no i think if you wanted to share the screen we we, we do just,
2: there's a just a couple cookies. good okay okay um
0: so if anyone already that. has some questions you can feel free to write them in the chat as well
2: so, we're at this interesting point. I don't know if you can see my cursor right here. So, you know, we have the German research dating back from 1994, formed Divina Biotech in 2016. And then we had the oncolytic discovery in 2019. We formed Immunocore here in 2020. And now, coming up before the end of the year, we're going to be splitting this into three different. Vectors basically in three different companies because there'd be different licensing opportunities with each three So the immuno oncology is kind of a different beast altogether And then the immunotherapeutics and then we're going to be working in the veterinarian market also so That's this is a very in, interesting investment opportunity right now because this is that you know someone who comes in at this point, you know is going to participate in all three of those vectors going forward and so anyway, we're, we're actually seeking a million dollars right now to um, you know, complete our trials and kind of start shopping this out to good biotech partners. I just wanted to inform you about this kind of unique opportunity. Let's see here, This I don't know how to go down. Mm. Oh, here, you don't wanna see that one. I think the rest, okay, this is just two interesting timelines that add value to the company just you know we've been approved for the animal model the, the animal study will finalize the study September 30th and that's going to be kind of like a milestone and then we'll have published data in October end of October so that's a huge milestone um, we'll probably publish that in pre-published forums and start getting a lot of attention and then finally quickly um, the, uh, this is the the kind of timeline that also adds a lot of value um, in the human trial. So you guys can kind of Thank just you. look at that, but yeah. I'm yeah. So I'm
0: definitely curious and have a, a few questions myself, but I want to turn it around to partners first and see um, what is at top of mind. P- Peter is already like raising his hand. I'll pass it to <laughs> you. Peter.
1: Hey Beth. So good to see you again. Thank you for your amazing presentation and, uh, Uh, very well articulated and I'm really excited about the potential for this to really be uh, an effective treatment for COVID Um, yeah I did I did um, trial it with my own dog and he seems to be recovering from a very large cancer tumor as a result of of that treatment so I was really grateful for the opportunity to 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 use it on my my precious pup who's sitting right here next to me now So I did a couple of comments and, and a really quick question. Um, I know we ran out of time, uh, maybe we can have you back, but um, I know that you also have um, the best stem cell technology based, um, you know, you're know, you using the V cells uh, mm-hmm. with proprietary technology that allows them to be fully um, available to the body. Yeah. Uh, so if anyone's interested in that, that we can follow up offline and always feel free to reach out to me. I can put you okay. in touch with anyone um, from Dr. Beth to uh, the folks at RTG, um, and also, um, you know, they've also got a separate operating company that has uh, an app-based instant test that is becoming more and more accurate that um, I believe is close to being um, uh, licensed and fast-tracked in Canada, but, and and hopefully the U.S. soon. But um, aside from that, I just wanted to ask, uh, of the 1,500 people, humans that have trialed um, this immunocore therapy, have any of them had an adverse reaction?
2: None.
1: So, so, he was so given a
2: yeah. Safety rating of one.
1: So that's that's pretty amazing that not one person even had like a headache or something. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. which were the four cell cancer lines that it was effective on in trials?
2: So, um, a, a monocytic leukemia, a glioblastoma, a small cell carcinoma of the lung, and um, I've got. I'm trying to remember one of the others. It's also an immune tumor cell. I think it's a lymphoma of some type. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have now we're studying the, the basically really, really some interesting things because we're studying the, the carcinoma of the tongue and it didn't kill it immediately, but now we've adapted it to being able to kill it effectively as effective as the other tumor cell lines. And so now what we're doing is ch- taking other squamous cell carcinomas of the tongue to mm. see if once we've made it work for one type, if it would start doing mm. the others. So that's what we're studying as we speak.
1: So interesting, and and the blastoma that would be a brain uh, tumor. Of yes, some
2: mm-hmm.
0: I,
1: have, I have a friend that's um, sort of end stage. So uh, hopefully, you guys, get this to market quickly.
2: Oh, I know, and, me that,
1: too. With that, with that exact tumor. So yeah, um, thank you so much for your for your for your amazing work and and for mm-hmm. RTG uh, supporting you. you in that work. Um, yeah, great. Anyone else have questions for, for Dr. Oh. Beth?
2: I, I wish I wouldn't have gone on so long. So I really want to talk about the other companies. at some point.
0: <laughs> we'll, have so have um,
1: yeah, we'll have yeah. to have you back. Um, if, if anyone has a quick question and, but we could also maybe, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have you back and we can talk about the other companies. Thank you so much.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. My pleasure.
0: thank you so much I hope you truly enjoyed this one you took some insights away something you can apply for your own life or something you want to share with a friend if you truly enjoy Green Planet, Blue Planet Podcast the episodes I make and the guests and interview partners I feature make sure to subscribe leave a review on the podcast on your favorite app on Spotify or Apple Podcast share it with a friend and if you feel inspired Make sure to support this podcast. There are plenty of ways to get in touch with me. Leave a monthly recurring financial support on anchor.fm or simply in the show notes of this episode, wherever you're tuning into. This podcast is really just about to get started featuring, showcasing, and gathering some of the most badass planetary change makers that are making this the regenerative decade on planet Earth. Wherever you are in the world, have yourself a stellar day.